Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Charge into the last hour with rugby league and the Warriors have notched up three consecutive victories as they took down the Cowboys in dramatic fashion on Friday night. I watched it. Man, it was heartwarming stuff in the end, but heartbreaking stuff uh, trying to go through the whole deal. Golden point. Yep, Sean Johnson finally got one over, and it was a wobbly old thing, but it was worth the victory. Uh, he stood up when it mattered. It uh, drop goal was uh, outstanding. Seventh position after five games, the Warriors. It's been a stunning turnaround for a team that looked hopeless in their first two games, and we all thought, what the heck. Elsewhere, the Panthers got another win to remain unbeaten. The Roosters came up trumps uh, in the NRL uh, grand final as well, and um, uh, the women's grand final, and Lavina Good. Uh, we normally have Vossi here at this time, but we've gone even better this week because we've got Lavina Good, uh, who absolutely loves her league. She's got a real passion for it. And uh, I say good morning to you, Lavina. The Warriors, three from three, and how are you feeling? Good morning, Smitty. Great to have you back. Just really quickly, before we jump onto the league, I just wanted to say that World Cup cricket coverage was outstanding, and I loved it. And we've talked about it for a couple of weeks, but I just wanted to say personally, on behalf of me and the other Sports Juno's covering it and listening to it. It was so awesome, the coverage that was provided. So well done, buddy. I know you were instrumental in some of that coverage. <laughs> so that was good. Wanted to take my hat off to you there. <clears throat> um, yeah, the Warriors, uh, interesting one for me. I actually really enjoyed watching the game against the Cowboys. Like I, I, I watched it and the next day I text a few buddies. I'm like, bloody good game. Like it was a good game to watch. And none of us were feeling that way when the Warriors had the loss against the Titans and, and kind of snuck in with a couple of points against the Tigers, but I feel as though the Warriors had a little bit more structure in their attack. And whether or not Nathan Brown came out and said, let's not just be the entertainers all the time, let's try and, hey, here's, here's something different, let's try and complete our set, let's see what happens with that, and let's wait for the other team to make the mistakes. And I think maybe the Warriors tried a different game plan against the Cowboys and it paid off. I know Sean Johnson got that final kick. He certainly wasn't the best player on the paddock, and he'd be the first to admit that. I mean, not just with the intercept pass that he gave away, but I don't think he was the orchestrator that he often plays. But Chanel Harris-Tavita was outstanding because he played with confidence, and they've got the right combo now with six and seven. They didn't have that smitty in the first couple of games. Mm. You know, They were introducing Cody too early, and Cody doesn't like playing outside Sean or inside Sean, and... You know, um, Harris Tavita was waiting for his opportunity, saying, well, when the when the golden boy and Precious was overseas for a few years, you loved me, and now he's back and you don't love me. So all that kind of dissension was showing in the way that the Warriors were playing. But now I feel as though that combination six and seven is working for them. And also our pack has shown that we can match it with just about any pack 
in the competition. We showed that when we played against the Broncos, who aren't the best team in the competition, but certainly have a massive pack. They're really big, really strong, really mobile. And the Warriors pack showed that off as well. So, I mean, the victory was great because it was entertaining rugby league. And they had to work for it, mate. They came back from half half time being down. And, it's, and the Warriors of old just don't do that. The Warriors of old don't come back from half time to win a game. And they're, and they're doing it at the moment. So if you're a Warriors fan and you, you enjoy your footy, there's reason to get excited about when it comes to the rest of the season. I know it's early days, but three wins in a row at this stage of the competition is very, very good indeed. Okay, uh, seventh position at the moment. So uh, overall, just not uh, that one result is, is warming your heart, which is uh, great to hear. Uh, and this, yes, this uh, Harris DeVita uh, seems to really have come good. That uh, 40-20 uh, was almost a momentum swinger, wasn't it? Yeah, the kicking game was outstanding from the Warriors throughout the whole match, and they utilised the breeze as well, so that was clever kicking. I liked, I guess, what, what I like about um, Chanel harris Savita with his kicking is that he kicks with intent. So he doesn't just kick because it's, oh, shit, it's the last, I need to kick it, I'll do a bomb, I'll do a grubber and pray. It's none of that. He knew exactly what he was doing. He went for the 40-20, attacked it and gave possession to the Warriors, which uh, allowed the try. Remember, the Warriors were up against a side that was meant to be and touted as being the best defensive team in the competition. And I think Josh Curran and Cody Nicarima kind of said, really? Like, I've gone in on my own on a trial. I've done a chucked a dummy and ran across the line and they're really not the best defensive team in the competition. They've just got the best defensive statistics and it's very different in the game of rugby league when you weigh up those two things. But yeah, Harris Tavita's confidence is, is showing through. He really likes playing, obviously, with Sean Johnson and Sean Johnson mm. isn't precious enough to dominate proceedings every single time and they're, they're letting Harris Tavita do what he needs to do which is set up a try if he has to, or and defensively. Like, he's, he's not a big kid, eh? Like, he's only small, but he won't miss a tackle, unlike, you know, a few of the other Warriors players that have been signed on, uh, like Reece Walsh missed, you know, five of 15 tackles in his opening two games, and that was a real area of concern. Harris Tavita can make a tackle for as much as he can get around someone, so that's really credible when it comes to the position that he's standing in. And it's a good it's a good half five eight combination for the Warriors, and they haven't had a decent six seven working together like they are at the moment in that last game for a bloody long time, mate, at least a decade. So it's reason not to get excited, but it's a reason to continue to show the faith. And let's be honest with me, the Warriors fans continue to show the faith no matter what. They will show the faith because they adore their Warriors side, and for us. You know, that like the Warriors and really want them to win, etc. Those opening two games were like, ah, oh, this is the season. They're going to be crap. This is the season. Well, Nathan Brown has made some changes. He's realised what he did in the first couple of weeks wasn't working, and it's working for them now. But plenty of teams to face, mate. I mean, you know, like Tigers, Broncos, Titans, Cowboys. Mm. I know the Cowboys were in the top top eight. But you've got to look at the other teams in the comp, like the Melbourne Storm, the Parramatta Eels the bunnies, the roosters, these are the teams that you really have to be on top of your game and make sure that you don't make those mistakes to give the opposition the ball because as soon as those teams get the ball and you're playing very average, they'll punish you. Well, the roosters uh, are their next uh, opponent followed by the storm in a fortnight's time so a pretty tough and a good gauging week as you say just to see uh, where things are at. The roosters uh, looked, uh, didn't look that conclusive against the Broncos, only 24-20 in the weekend. 
Yeah, the Roosters have not shone through the season at this stage. They've been very roller coaster, and not just in terms of their results, but I think in terms of their performance out on the pitch, which is crazy, really, because they've got the, like, the biggest budget. I don't know how they can stick within that salary cap, but I'm sure they do. Um, they've got the biggest budget. They get the biggest name players, but it's not gelling for them at the moment when it comes to the Roosters. But, you know, this is the thing about the NRL. It's such a long season, 26 weeks of competition, that you can afford to drop a few nice and early, even two or three in a row, as long as you're remaining within that top eight position. Out of 16 teams, you only have to finish in the top eight to get into the finals at the end of the year. And that's what's always got me about the Warriors. You know, I've always been like, well, regardless of what people say about the Warriors having to travel and resources and the only New Zealand team you still got names and numbers and players good enough to be in that top eight. You have to be in the top eight. If you want to win a premiership, you've got to finish in the top four. That goes without saying. But if you want to reward the fans and keep things exciting, you've got to finish in the top eight. And at the moment, the Roosters are playing like a top eight side. They're performing like they're in the top eight, but they're certainly not dominating proceedings at all. And whether or not that comes down to club culture or the fact that you can't control the situation all the time, time will tell, but I think the Roosters have still got a few lessons to be learned in the footy pitch if they want to finish in that top four at the end of the year. Another game of uh, particular interest to you, of course, uh, was Saturday night clash between the Eels, your Eels and the Titans. Now, I've got to say, I turned this off at half-time and went to something else because I thought it was a done deal. I was absolutely gobsmacked when I saw the result the next morning, and uh, the Eels, were you worried at any point? Yeah, of course I was. Yeah, I was worried. The week before, they were the entertainers. They were honestly on fire, and Mitch Moses does the kick from behind and the chase through, and we're all talking about Zip Zip Man and Brett Kenny, and we're all talking about uh, Ray Price and Peter Sterling, and, you know, there was a bit of a a wake-up call for the Eels, I guess, at the weekend. I don't want to take it away from the Titans, though. I was just having a chat with Brian, your producer, off-air, and we were saying that the Titans have had this um, recruitment policy program setting in place for the last half a decade and it was five years ago the Titans said we're not going to try and get into the top eight or top four this year but we're going to recruit sides and keep the young players and make sure everyone stays so that we can have a long-term plan which is to win a premiership within the next decade so there's still three or four years away from that but the Titans aren't that side like when they beat the Warriors you know lots of Warriors fans like oh we got beat by the Titans They'll be there or thereabouts because of the recruitment policy that they've put into place. So they're showing a lot of faith in each other, uh, the Titans. And the Yields, I think, started believing a little bit of their publicity from the week before. Nothing went wrong for them at all the week before. They were literally the entertainers, and it was remarkable to watch. And even if you don't follow the Yields or don't like rugby league, you still would have enjoyed that game but it certainly wasn't done and dusted for them uh, at the weekend. So a nice lesson there for them to realise that they're not going to snare up a grand final um, early in the season. Still plenty of work to be done, a little bit of grounding for them. They became very humari and very humbled in their process. But a lesson for the uh, for the Eels to learn that they're, they're not going to win a game at half-time because you just don't, you don't earn the NRL. Well, Manly 30, the Knights 6, Storm 30, the Raiders 16. What did you make of Storm's performance? I thought the Storm were good. I thought the Raiders were great. That's the best I've seen the Raiders play this year, and I know they went down to the Storm, but I thought the Raiders finally put in a defensive effort that they could eventually be proud of. They haven't tackled all year. And um, I said at the beginning of the year the Newcastle Knights were going to finish at the bottom of the table, and then I watched the Raiders for the first couple of games and thought, no one's tackling. 
no one wants to make a tackle. No, no defensive structure at all, actually. Not, not moving up the line quickly, no communication on defence, no one even making the tackle. So finally, the Raiders decided to tackle. And even though the Storm, you know, ran away with the victory, I thought the Raiders played a good game. I've been very impressed with the Melbourne Storm throughout the year. And two years ago, I said, that's it, they're gone. They've lost all the superstars, you know, Slater and Smith and Cooper Cronk. They're not there anymore. Surely they can't keep producing these players. And then they bring out a kid like, you know, Pappenhausen, who's about the size of me, to be fair. He's not big, he's not, he's not massive, he's not tall, but he is so agile and so fast and so determined. And he is so elusive in the game of rugby league. I just don't know how they keep creating these players. Um, but the thing is, the, the Storm have been doing for a very long time what the Titans want to do now, what the Warriors should be doing but aren't doing. And that is creating a team culture and a club culture where you pick these kids and you nurture them and you make sure they don't get scouted by anyone else. They don't go off to anyone else because you say to them, when your time comes and your opportunity comes, you'll have it and you'll be a star. And Pappenhausen, it wasn't the case for him a couple of years ago. There was nowhere for him to play in the Melbourne Storm, but they still managed to retain him and groom him and build him. And now he's the best player in the competition at the moment. So... The Melbourne Storm continue on their merry way. I just don't know how they keep creating these players and keeping them within the realms of Melbourne. It's just incredible that they've got something happening and it works for them and their recruitment policy is very, very successful. And also the the scouting of kids. I mean, the the philosophy of so many of these clubs, uh, Smitty, is to send your scouts out and to go over to New Zealand or to go from Sydney to the Gold Coast or, or go up to North Queensland. Melbourne don't do that. Melbourne go, we'll hang out here and not only will we look and try and find the kids that are good, but we'll turn them into great players. We'll make sure that they're bred into being great players. And it's a very, very different mindset to what the rest of the clubs have when it comes to recruiting. And it's working for the Melbourne Storm. So once again, even without their superstars and that spine that was the best spine in the world, they're still dominating the competition in 2022. Well, Lavina, yesterday uh, we saw both the top and bottom sides on show. Uh, we saw the Sharks knock over the Tigers, 30-4. to 4. The Panthers went over the Bulldogs, 32-12. to 12. The Tigers, goodness me. And they have a solid fan base. They must be in disarray at the moment. No points from five games. Terrible. Terrible. They're terrible. The defence against the Sharks was, I mean, like their edge defence, their defence out wide was actually sickening. And, uh, you know, I watched the game and I thought to myself, oh, you know, I'm not the coach, but if I was the coach, I would punish these players in in some way because no one was willing to make a tackle out wide. And it made it so easy for the Sharkies. Sharkies are looking good this year. I mean, Hines is another player, a number seven that came from Melbourne. They couldn't hang on to him. But they're looking really good with him taking control with that number seven jersey. But the Sharkies are doing much better than I expected them to. But that performance from the Tigers uh, yesterday defensively was absolutely dismal. And it just went from ugly to worse to ugly to worse. And in the end, I I could hardly watch. I I actually felt sorry for them. And it's just not working out for for Madge as the coach. I I don't know whether or not he'll be the first coach to be sacked in the competition. I mean, let's be honest, it's the NRL. Everyone gets sacked at some stage in the competition. So one coach will go down before the end of the year. But I just feel as though Madge doesn't have the rapport with the players that he needs because they're not tackling for themselves and they're certainly not tackling for each other. And they're not tackling, they're definitely not tackling for their coach. So it was an ugly, ugly scene from the Tigers. And 
The only thing I can think now, they can't make a lot of difference in terms of player recruitment and um, player delivery out on the pitch. What they'll probably have to change, I would say, would be the coaching staff. And they've got Tim Sheen standing by. They brought him in at the beginning of the year just to sort of say, hey, maybe you can be a mentor and guide. And what will happen is I think Mad will go within the next four weeks and Sheens will come in and, and it might inject something into the club to try and get those players to tackle. But it was a pathetic performance defensively from the Tigers and they should really be ashamed of what they did out on the pitch and they made the Sharkies look so good. In terms of the Pampers, I just think they're incredible in the competition. They've managed to keep all their players from um, the under-16s and under-18s out west all those players in Bathurst and Orange that play for St. Patrick's and the Leagueys and all those players that are representing at a junior level Western New South Wales, instead of letting them go off to the big bright lights and neon lights of Sydney, they've said to those players, come, come play for us. We're going to have another premiership team. Come play for us. And they've kept all the kids. And even without Nathan Cleary in the opening uh, couple of rounds of the competition, um, the Panthers still look like a very slick and complete side. And they know exactly what they're doing out on the pitch. And that's what I liked about the Warriors at the weekend, City is that attacking-wise, Sean Johnson and Harris Tavita knew exactly what they were doing and why they were doing it. That's how the Panthers play every week in terms of their attacking structure. They know what they're going to do and why they're doing it. You'll never see someone from the Panthers, be it Cleary or not, do a kick, do a grubber kick or a bomb kick, and the other players going, oh, I better chase it because I had no idea he was going to kick. It, it doesn't happen like that for the Panthers. They're, they're on fire and they've got great club culture at the moment. They've got all the young guns coming through. And they've also got a lot of challenges when it comes to positions in that club as well. You're not guaranteed that position. And because that competition is there, it forces each player to be on top of the game. But the difference between the Panthers and the Tigers for me was that the Panthers play for each other and the Tigers aren't playing for anyone, not themselves, their coach mm. or their teammates. Lavina, did you, I'm not sure you had uh, too much opportunity to watch anything else over the weekend. Uh, did, you, <coughs> did you watch any of the golf or did you watch, uh, did you watch the Crusaders in the final minutes against uh, the Hurricanes? I did. I was cheering the Hurricanes. I like the Hurricanes. I'm a bit of a Hurricanes fan. Mm. I watched some of the golf. I'm not a Tiger Woods fan. I'm allowed to come out and say that. I don't know. Everyone heralds that guy. It's like, hey, Tiger Woods, can you believe he had a car crash and nearly lost a leg and he's come back to be top 10 in the world? I'm like, the best thing that happened to Tiger Woods was his wife going after him with his favourite nine iron. Um, because I don't hold him in high regard. As a <laughs> and because I don't hold him in high regard as a person, I'm sorry, I don't really give a crap about how good he is as a golfer. I mean, you look at Jack Nicholas, who won 18 majors compared to Tiger's 15. Jack Nicholas is a decent dude and a good golfer. And I know Tiger Woods is a good golfer, but he's not a decent dude for me. So he doesn't appeal to me that much at all. But I did watch a bit of the golf. I was hoping that the Hurricanes could come through with the goods. And I also managed to watch a grand final of the women's NRL double yeah. yesterday, actually, Smitty. And, and for me, yep. like yesterday afternoon, I, I was working in Auckland on Saturday calling some um, women's rugby league um, in Auckland for New Zealand. And I came home and on Sunday morning, I was you know doing a few bits and pieces around the house and I thought, wow, there's a grand final on today. And I'd followed the NRLW because it's a, you know just a six-week competition, six teams in the competition, and it's a travesty that the Warriors aren't competing in that competition. It just means that so many of our young Kiwi girls that would have played for the Warriors are now going to go over and play for Australia and the Australian teams. There were six or seven of them in the grand final yesterday. 
And because they were representing those Australian teams, now I'm thinking the bloody Jillaroos will take them, you know, and the Kiwi Ferns will lose them forever. And mm. that's what happens when the Warriors go, we can't afford to put a women's team in the competition. But regardless of that, I was really looking forward to the Women's Rugby League Grand Final, the NRLW Grand Final, an all-Sydney affair between um, the uh, between St George and also the Roosters. And it was an outstanding game of rugby league. It was the best game of rugby league I watched yesterday, and I watched, you know, four matches of it. And I just re- I realised to me that 10 years ago, for rugby league for women in Australia, just was nowhere at the level of, of what it is now. And it's entered a level of professionalism where these women, just like our, our rugby sevens team, are um, extremely athletic and competitive. They're nurtured through their diet and their conditioning. They've got gym memberships. They've got sponsorship. And they're probably a decade ahead of Women's Rugby League in New Zealand because of that support network. And the Rugby League from the grand final yesterday with that women's competition was one of the greater games I've seen in a very long time. And we should take our hat off to those, those women that were competing, not just the Kiwis, but all of them, because, you know, it was beautiful rugby league. And you start to realise watching games like that, City, that you don't even know if you're watching a men's game or a women's game. It was just outstanding footy, and I found it really entertaining. I was proud of them all. Well, Lavina, good. Uh, I'm uh, very thankful you answered your phone this morning. You've been fantastic on your coverage of the league. It's been great. And I also thank you very much for your compliments at the start of the interview. So, uh, hey, look, uh, the Women's World Cup was a, was a bundle of fun from my point of view. I loved every second of it. And um, more, more power to women's cricket, I say women's sports. So, hey, thanks this morning. Been great chatting. Been great. No worries, buddy. No worries. Next time. Thank you. Yeah, cheers. Stuff for your face and body? It's men's skincare with a purpose. Top quality Aussie-made grooming and skincare to help guys look and feel great with no hassles. Plus, Stuff is helping mental health too. Find Stuff at Woolworths or visit websiteofstuff.com.